Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. This is Trav. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of finding out new and different ways of playing your favorite game just by pulling things out of a hat. Hat. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's what we'll call it. This week we are playing we are doing an Iron GM episode for Fringeworthy. Now, for all of you people who have never heard of, uh, an RNGM episode, you should go back to our Podbean site, that's tritechsystems.podbean.com, and check out what it is that, you know, where we go and just from random stuff, we generate an adventure in 20 minutes, which we then share with you, our, our audience. Now, we're not going to make you wait 20 minutes to get the result. We're just going to pause our microphones, go get the result, make up our adventures, and come back and share them with you. But, you know, so the way it works is that we have three locations, we have three people, and we have items. Trav, pick a number. One to three. Two. Okay. Jonathan, pick a number. One I'll, or three. I'll pick three. Okay. And then I guess I have one. All right. So looking uh, over on the sidebar on Skype, because that's how I record this, you'll see that there is a Iron GM PDF for you to download and look at. And there's also... A, an Iron GM uh, TXT file, which is the last one, and just pick your number in the list of whatever it is. There's a location and whatever. So, um, and we will go and I'll open mine up right now. Okay. And my character is Georgina, a former admin uh, assistant with a serious addiction to alcohol. That's my character. <laughs> <laughs> and my see my per, uh, the other details are my item is a television, and my location is the middle of Africa. And I'm going to write a fringeworthy adventure that takes place with those pieces of information. What? If, who's next? Uh, I I got the second one. Let me get back here. Character. William is a kind tea maker who is obsessed with cosplay. And apparently there is a whole great American novel about this person. Okay, then. <laughs> and your object is... Okay, I need to find it here in a second. It's a comic book. I'll, I'll say that. Okay, where, where was this listed at? It, it's the bottom file. The one that just says Iron GM 2020 oh, 11. Okay, all right. And you're going to have to grab the latitude and longitude and plug that in. But I believe that location is Fiji. <laughs> okay, so what? I just copy and paste and Google this up? Yeah. All righty. Wow. Okay. It's easy peasy. Wow. And that leaves you, Jonathan. What's your character and object and location? All right. Looks like I've got Sharon, a Creative scientific researcher obsessed with the murder of her half-brother, Ned. And she's only 19 years old. Oh, no, sorry. 19 years ago, I see that now. Okay, yeah. So, oh, wow. Okay. So, she's been on the hunt for a while, I guess. Yeah. Um, the item is a rope. It and is a rope. Yeah, and I'm looking up the latitude and longitude now. I, I looked up mine. It, did, it said didn't correspond with any... Yeah. Well, I got it off of Google. So, yeah, I, I just know. put it in Google, and it says your ser search and all this did not match any documents. Well, wait a minute. Let's let's try open cage data. Let's try look, that. Looks like mine's in Mississippi. Is it? I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so either. <laughs> no, that is definitely not the correct latitude and longitude. Let's see here. Here we let's go. Maps. I can't do this. All right, now let's put this in here. Ah. Uh, I mean, I, I got it off the app, so I didn't. Right. Can you put me in Norway here? This looks yes, right. you're in yep, Norway. It, that's in Norway, and I cannot pronounce the name of that city. <laughs> yes, so you're Soon in Norway. Dallas, uh, big in there. I apologize to any any Norwegian listeners. All right. So. Uh, okay. So find them in Fiji because I'm I'm trying to find yeah, you're, something. Yeah, you're. I, I look. I zoomed. It looked like it was the middle of the ocean. 
And I, so I said, what is this? And I zoomed in, and it was, in fact, Fiji. So <laughs> you got, you're somewhere in that island uh, cluster that's called Fiji. All right? So, okay, everybody, uh, we're going to go ahead and pause our microphones, and we'll be back in 20 minutes. All right. Okay, we're back, and yep. we have three adventures for your fringe-worthy interdimensional exploration teams. So, who wants to go first? Oh, I think I can... Well, no, wait a minute. We have somebody who is new to this. I think <laughs> <laughs> that would be a, a fireman's throw where I grab you by the scruff of the neck and by the, the back belt loop and throw you under the bus, Jonathan. Yeah, you go first. Yep. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> that's fine. Don't tell the elf you had to throw me. <laughs> Toss me, but don't tell the elf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I had... That's no problem. I don't mind going. I've got Sharon, the creative uh, chemist. I've got a rope. And I've got a location in Norway. So what I've figured out is Sharon... Now, the one of the big things on here is that Sharon is obsessed with the murder of her half-brother, Ned, 19 years ago. Yeah, Ned was a French pirate. It also says in Sharon's background that her father left when... She was one. Yeah, he's also a French pirate. You might want to explain what a French pirate is to our new listeners. For true, uh, French pirate, for those who don't know, are individuals who gang together and roam the French paths, just raiding, looting, having a merry old time without worrying about morality and laws. Usually using their high tech uh, that they find on the French paths to make a nice life for themselves, or at least at an interesting one. Of others. Yes. At the expense of others, usually. This particular pair of father and son had decided they were going to settle down. They'd amassed enough wealth. They'd had enough close calls, maybe with some Melor. They found a nice, comfortable, close alternate to Earth Prime. That's a close historical alternate. And they decided to just settle down somewhere in Los Angeles, California, somewhere along the West Coast. But something happens, and their father, he gets called back to the fringe path. Uh, maybe he just can't settle down. Maybe he's not ready to yet. He thought he was, but he wasn't. So he leaves. He goes back out to the French path. But he does leave Ned behind to watch over his new baby sister. Ned, uh, you poor, poor guy. Yeah. But, you know, of course, of course, Ned's got a crystal on him. And of course, he visits his little baby sister, you know, every day. So, of course, when the little girl is six years old, she makes that crystal light up. So Ned leaves a message for his father so that Hey, you need to come talk to me, Dad. Unfortunately, this message is picked up by a rival gang of French pirates. I'm thinking somebody who, or a group of people who maybe used to run with Ned and their father, or and know the meaning of this signal, because this signal is a rope tied around the tree outside the warp. So they know Ned is nearby. They follow him. Trying to find out what's going on, he sacrifices himself to keep his little sister's existence a secret. What a guy. He is. I mean, it's French pirates are people, too. At least they're loyal to family, whatever you're definition of family is why wouldn't they be mm -hmm. uh the years pass sharon grows up never believing that it was a suicide as it was officially declared becomes an amazing chemist and through some hijinks that i had not yet figured out gets a hold of um some of the evidence from her brother's room actually might not have been that hard she would would have been family um featuring a rope that didn't look normal and using some analysis and cooperation with some of her peers, is able to identify that this rope doesn't really fit Earth, but has been tied around a tree common to Norway. And also finds his journal. I had decided that she needed to find his journal, thinking it was a fiction novel he was writing about interdimensional pathways and a group of brave, hardy pirate, the evil kept keeping them down and trying to squash their fun way of life. Ruining their fun. Ruining the pirate's fun. Just can't be a good pirate and, and have fun nowadays on the paths. Um, but it manages to find herself using these little clues from the journal and this rope that doesn't shouldn't exist. It's... Finds herself in Norway, pretty close to the warp when the team comes through. And although she isn't there to see them actually come through the warp, she does recognize those symbols on their uniforms. And they look a lot like her brother's journal entries. And that's how the players get involved with her and 
basically get blamed for her brother's murder. So basically they would end up, what, they come out of the warp and they see this woman it's, that's yelling at them all of a sudden? You know? I would assume because uh, I think this particular uh, latitude and longitude was pretty close to a Norwegian town. Um, they would roll into town. It is, like I said, a close historical alternate. Um, so they could easily drive their vehicles in and not draw too much attention. Um, but if they had any kind of IDET insignias or anything, which I would, as the GM, make sure at least something slipped off. Some symbol got seen by, you know, and she's just in the town asking questions, trying to figure out if they've ever seen her brother or her father, because I would assume by this point she's connected her father's disappearance to her brother's death. Yeah. Um, so she's digging for information and she sees the team roll into town and recognizes the symbol. And will immediately assume the worst because, again, in her brother's journals, she would they would have been cast as the bad guys. Yeah. Now, whether she believes everything else in that journal, eh, probably not, but would definitely suspect this team and immediately assume that this team, if not the actual murderers, because it has been 19 years, would at least assume that they know something. Well, yeah. See, my thing with that is, oh yeah, it's you know just my brother's journal and all that. It's you know all science fiction and then sees the exact symbol, she'd realize the rest of that damn journal is true, too. And it's like, oh my gosh, this was, yeah, oh. Well, quite possibly, because yeah. the, the, the rope will be identifiably not anything seen before. I'm, I'm going to say that it's probably not easily identifiable as, like, high-tech. It's just like, whoever made this is really... Like how it was woven in the material and stuff? It's like, this is space age for today. How did my brother have it? Yeah, okay. Exactly. So, yeah, it could go either way. So, uh, so you know, bottom line for me, what you know, what is it that you think the most likely interaction the players are going to have with this? She's smart. She's creative. She is going to be a pain in their butts. Um, she is going to be following them around. She so will this probably, is basically an origin story of a new team member. Possibly. Possibly. If, if they can get over her initial uh, distrust of them and if they can, because also her father's probably still out there. If they can, there's a, what, there's a few options. What have you degenerates been doing with my little girl? Yeah, yeah. And because, I mean, that rope could easily be retied up and used as a signal because dad comes and checks in every so often. He, he probably doesn't know. He, he, he As far as him kept checking in, he probably peeks through the portal, sees if there's a rope tied around the tree and then leaves. If that rope gets tied around that tree, as you know, instructed in her in her brother's journal, then I would say tops maybe two months tops. Dad will come in and he'll fly out to Los Angeles to go see Ned. Okay. Or probably use some kind of communication device that him and Ned had. Okay. That, so is there? Uh, you that, know. So there's one way that the IDET could get a hold, could kind of get some information on a potential pirate band. Maybe two op operating in the area. If Ned, if Ned's father knows the other pirate band that got involved, right? Okay. So, uh, is there any technology uh, other than the uh, crystal that Ned has? Uh, is there any uh, tech, uh, artifacts or technology that might be available for the Fringeworthy to find if they uh, on this adventure? Aside from the rope, which again would not be correct for this world at this time i i had i see this as just a kind of historical romp maybe through the 90s recent enough that like a 20 year old flying to norway from la every so often probably wouldn't be looked at it too weird but uh yeah this is or even you could do it as like modern like real life day not necessarily modern fringe worthy day i think this is more of a situation where you find yourself in a world where there's this one person who doesn't trust you and probably might be looking to hurt you in some way and might be wanting to blow idet's cover before idet is ready to blow their own cover oh well that's something that uh, the the fringe pirates aren't known for doing but certainly they could you know, mm -hmm. if they see IDET doing something, they can come in and basically try to s screw the pooch there and say, these people are not who they say they are. Mm -hmm. you know, Let me tell you about what they've done. And they're like, you're French pirates. Ha! Yeah, pot calling kettle black here, you know. So. And then there's Sharon herself, who might not trust, uh, obviously doesn't, isn't going to trust him at first. And if she starts to put together that, you know, her brother's journal is true and that these are interdimensional fascists, as she probably believes, then she'll probably be looking to out them with Inter evidence. Interdimensional nannies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Okay. So, uh, Trap, what do you got? All right. I had uh, a man named William McAllister a kind team maker who's obsessed with cosplay, a comic book, 
and Fiji. So the IDET comes through the alt platform warp onto Fiji. The tropical breeze and smell of the ocean are the first perceptions that the IDET gets. As they look around, they see a plantation-style house on the edge of the beach. Sitting on the veranda in high-back wicker chairs are a married couple. The man is in his late 20s, light-skinned, dark hair and eyes, and squat in stature. His wife looks to be about a decade older than he is. They have the front door open. Sitting on the small table between them is a pitcher with tea bags in it. The tea bags floating at the top of the pitcher. The couple look up from their respective reading and motion the IDET over. Once the IDET gets there, the couple introduce themselves as William McAllister and Leanna Steppen. William offers the IDET some tea, a tea of his own invention. Suddenly, a sound like glass shattering comes from inside the mansion. Leanna excuses herself to check on the source of the noise while William makes small talk with the IDET. The IDET's uniforms would look governmental like governmental ones, so Will seems to go with that. As the conversation continues, Leanna returns to tell Will that his Action Comics number one was stolen from Will's study. Encased in thick polyurethane, framed on the study wall, it is deduced to be a prized possession worth about a million dollars. Will becomes understandably upset, revealing the comic book was to be the was the inspiration for his love of cosplaying, and begins getting impatient about investigating the theft. He looks to the IDET for help since he sees them as governmental. The team is shown into the mansion by Leanna. The couple have an impressive residence that isn't opulent yet still grand. They arrive in the study with its deep dark oak bookshelves lining most of the study, the cherry wood desk, the high back leather swivel chair, and various mementos on the desk. An expensive laptop is on the desk, closed and powered down. The window behind the chair is broken, but the shards of the glass are out on the lawn. The bare spot on the bit of wall not lined by bookshelves is where the comic book had been hanging. A slight discoloration is on the wall, revealing that the comic book had been there for a long time. So yeah, basically you're investigating, you just happen to to walk in on a, a burglary. And okay. the thing is, is the glass was broken and all the shards are on the outside. If it was a break-in, the glass would have been all over the study floor. So that gives something about the IDET that the IDET has to investigate. How did the oh. person get in? Obviously, they made a quick escape with the book. Also, how did they know about the book? See, there are things that the IDET would have to come up would would come up with and realize that it was a quote unquote inside job. At least the person knew about it. Mm -hmm. So okay, but what's the hook for IDET? What's what's motivating them to even investigate this? Will would well will ask them because he sees the the uniforms as governmental because usually IDET uniforms are like the khaki shorts, the shirt. You know, they might and and they would look like you know usually i see like to me i get uniforms kind of look like they're they're cosplaying as steve Irwin. <laughs> so they're on fiji they might see them you know as you know somebody governmental like oh you're part of the you know the parks and reserves or you're you know part of the, the whatever feet i forget who owns fiji uh department of the interior or whatever they're governmental will would turn them to help because it, it's somebody here you know at the very least they can call the cops you know the local cons constabulary so yeah he would turn to them and Leanna, you know, Will, as I said, he sees them as governmental. So it's like, okay, yeah, they're they're important people. Maybe they can help because it was a burglary. At the very least, they can call the cops. So, yeah, yeah basically it, it's, well, the IDET are good Samaritan anyways. They come in and the, the innocent couple all of a sudden had a burglary of a very expensive object. I researched Action Comics, number one. Uh, they go anywhere from 800000 Recently, one was sold, a copy was sold for $3 million. Ooh. Yeah, the 1938 first appearance of Superman. Yeah, so even anyone from Earth Prime would realize, oh, damn, that's an expensive book. Well, this guy yeah. had it in polyurethane framed on a wall. Yeah. Plus, if, if the warp is, like, anywhere on his property, they're, it's going to be in their best interest to get him on their good side. Well, yeah. So helping out with this this investigation of this burglary of a very... Because not only is it an expensive object, the comic book is what... Uh, Will has a, a obsession with cosplay, and having Action Comics number one would certainly help with wanting to dress up as various superheroes. So this is not only a, an expensive piece of his life, it is also very sentimental. Yeah, and and, a very, and the very early Superman costumes look very different oh, than yes. the mo more yes. modern Superman costumes. Yes. But, but and still, this was also... The, this alternate had slight differences in this version of Action Comics number one. Yeah, it that made it, it different could, from yeah, Earth it could Prime. Have been, Jimmy Olsen could have been black, or you know, Perry White could have been a female character. You know, was editing the paper or whatever. You know, it, it's just yeah, yeah. So there could be or variations it might on have that. been red and blue instead of blue and red. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's basically just kind of a truth justice room. in the Canadian way. So it's a who done it. 
Yeah, yeah, it, it's sort of a closed-room burglary because how did they get in? They, they busted out through the window because you got the, the glass there out on the lawn, but that means how did they get in? That that would be, see, as I said, it's sort of a closed-room theft. So, yeah, it would, it would, at the very least, with how Ida it is, it would intrigue them to figure out how it was done. And second of all, it would get them in good with William and Leanna because they would have people to drop off, you know, people to drop in on when they're on the French Pass. They would have established um, a safe haven. Yeah, uh, part of me also wants to have the reward being for finding this crook is, like, you find the way they got in. Maybe they got, like, a phase disruptor device that lets them walk through walls or something like that. And they maybe, could walk and through and the wall. And maybe it shorted but, out, and that's why they had to dash out through well, the window. They could, but the comic book couldn't. So they could get in easy, but getting out with the comic book required them to actually jump through the window. Yeah, yeah. Or it could have been... One of those you could be... You can phase if you're naked, but you yeah. have any objects with you. You can't phase after that. Yeah. Look, look, yeah. yeah. Somebody, we're on the, yeah, put out the, what do they call it? It wasn't APB. What are they? A bolo. Be on the lookout for Be on the lookout for a native Fiji naked man holding a polyurethane encased comic book worth $1 million. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's, that's just like my cool bill. <laughs> yeah, I, I used APB one time, and everybody looked at me and it's like, "Wow, you were in criminal justice a long time ago." It's Bolo Robert. I'm like, "Wow, nobody gave me the memo." Yeah. Um, yeah, me neither. Yeah. So yeah, that basically yeah, I I just divide the yeah. See, I, I I'd heard I, I'd heard the term, but I didn't understand what it meant. Uh, you know, I just figured it was just a specific type of document. You know. We sent out a bolo. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Because, you know, where I came from, bolos are things you use to take down cattle. Yeah, yeah. South American gauchos use them. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, as soon as I saw this, you know, I got the three things. I'm like, yeah, it just, this all just fell into place beautifully. All right. All righty. Here we go. Uh, the master at work. Let's hear it. Okay, so, well, the master at work, uh, uh, first of all, God has caught in it wrong. Uh, that it wasn't Africa. It was South America. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, they're kind of the middle part's kind of shaped yeah. the same as yeah. you know. They're both south of the equator. Yeah. Well, yeah. granted, but I'm just saying it was Brazil was where this actually took place. Oh, okay. Uh, so what we have here is sweet, uh, our our sweet and demure girl, you know, uh, revolutionary, and uh, by that I'm being totally wrong because uh, she's. She's uh, her, if someone was to describe her, she'd say she's creative and very violent. <laughs> she's uh, uh, aggressive. She's uh, talkative. Uh, she's a little bit dumpy, but she's fierce and and protective. And she's gay. She's uh, comes from working class roots and was trying never very successful with making a life for herself. And then. Her very conservative Christian country, uh, because uh, uh, Catholicism is a very strong uh, presence, but on this particular alternate, it is you know pretty much the state religion in Brazil. And they decided that uh, people who are LGBT are a threat to society, to morality, to everything else, and it is not it is illegal to be gay. It, it, they will take uh, they take away all your rights and they will even imprison you you know for the protection of the young yeah you know, and probably the elderly yeah, and so she yes you know, think of the children so oh, she and her lover uh, her girlfriend uh, uh, Alexandra Perez uh, she uh, uh, she and a number of their friends uh, 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 who they made connections to. Uh, they basically uh, see the handwriting on the, on the wall and retreat out into the uh, into the woods, into the jungle, uh, uh, and uh, begin planning their their counterattack. Essentially, this is we need to force the world to take notice of, of of these injustices that are happening. We need to fight back and take our country back. We need to get our rights back. Okay. There's only one fly in this ointment, and that is, is that uh, dear, sweet, saffy, uh, you know, Georgina, Sonia, uh, uh, Godfrey, uh, otherwise known as Grumpy Georgina, uh, she is a alcoholic and has been so since she's 15. She is now like 28. Uh, and 
as much as she wants to stay, you know, in the uh, at the safe house uh, out on the uh, in the jungle uh, and woodlands of uh, central Brazil, she doesn't have enough alcohol to do that. So she sneaks out, uh, suppose you know, in her own mind to do some scouting, but mostly to just go to the nearest place and try to trade, barter, buy, steal alcohol in whatever form she can get her hands on so she can go back and get her drunk on. So, um, and on one of these trips coming back from that, she runs into a bunch of uh, Fringeworthy uh, coming down the trail in one of their, um, uh, in one of their, not Hyundai, uh, Oh, now it's Hyundai. Now it's That's a Hyundai. A, in my no, the world. vehicle. Oh, I know Humvee. what you. I know what you mean, Humvee. but I. Yes, I the vehicle. It's be a Anyways, uh, in one in a Humvee, of course, as you say, dressed in the khaki, and the first thing that comes to her mind is federales, and she starts shooting at them because she's sure they're coming for her. Uh, the uh, a- after the team uh, hopefully manages to uh, subdue her without killing her. Uh, and getting themselves killed because she's a, you know, like I said, she's violent. She's uh, she's not going down easy. Uh, and once um, uh, she's subdued, they 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 begin the uh, arduous task of trying to convince her that not only are they not federales, but they're actually from another world. So uh, once they've actually been able to convince her of that, uh, she will, of course, attempt to say, there's this big organization out there that the government doesn't know about, and they have all these resources. You need to join our cause. You need to, to help us, you know, uh, become, you know, because, of course, she's going to see the little welcome to IDET uh, video that that uh, these guys, these people have on their laptops and all the, you know, we, we, you know, we, people of all races, creeds and colors, you know, all working together to form a commonwealth, you know, to raise people up from, you know, from uh, des- destitute circumstances up, you know, to, to good health and education and all these things like that. Well, you need to do that here. She's going to, she's going to ring the bell and call, you know, call them the task to, to not be hypocrites and to help her and her people, you know, as in the LGBT community, uh, to uh, to basically regain their standing in 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 the civilization of, uh, of Brazil. Well, assuming that you know, so at which point they're going, uh, they're, they're going, uh, and of course, in order to convince them, she she will take them back to uh, her safe house. Uh, which, uh, of course, is going to get a very cool reception because, of course, they still look like federales. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, and you know, and there's a lot of people that are thinking that she's either, like, you know, uh, got caught and she's basically given them up. And so it's going to be a very tense situation. But assuming that that gets defused, uh, she's going to show them on the television. Uh, the... I. Uh, all of the propaganda that's on the television, how, you know, it shows, it's, it's like, you know, the television has been taken over by chick tracks. Okay. You yeah. know, where there's all these, these, the leering, you know, uh, uh, homosexuals, you know, that are, that are, uh, stealing children from playgrounds and, 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 and stealing candy from babies and slinking off and doing all kinds of, uh, you know, uh, socially, uh, you know, horrible things to do you know that any any social ill you can imagine is is being uh is being laid at the feet of of people you know of who are of any you know of deviant but uh in the sense of not you know straight you know uh traditional family structure male female children you know um Missionary yeah, sex yeah, positions, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know the yeah. whole deal. Okay, anyways, uh, they're they're being painted as radicals, uh, dangerous, you know, uh, people who are who are bringing in uh, dangerous thought things, communism, um, radicalism of all kind, you know. Uh, and so once they see this, they're saying, you know, this is a real, this is some really slick uh, uh, propaganda. This, and they're really hitting all the buttons, you know. 
because uh, IDET's seen this many times before, uh, even on their own worlds, you know, where one, you know, one group that really wants the other group gone, you know, paints them in the worst possible thing. And of course, since the government controls all the news stations and things like that, uh, that keeps them from, uh, you know, anybody from basically, you know, saying anything contrary, the newspapers, the televisions, the radio, you know, they're all under government control. However, there is an internet, okay? And uh, of course the government, you know, and they, and they use offshore, you know, chat groups and things like that to communicate with each other and such. Uh, there are government squads that are of course trying to track, um, you know, back in, you know, the, the, the IP addresses and the locations for, Things you know, things like that. Uh, people who are uh, either themselves LGBT or are uh, in faith, you know, allies, um, allies to the cause, whatever. You know, who just think that everybody should be able to get along. You know, and that uh, uh, and that maybe they're they're uh, you know uh, that maybe the the Bible doesn't actually say all those things. So. Uh, so at which point, you know, she's, of course, going to push for them to be like fully come on to their side. But they're going to have to make a decision, IDET, uh, uh, the IDET team, as to what do they want their relationship to be with this. Assuming that they agree that some that they should help these people work towards social justice uh, or at least a better, you know, a, a decriminalization of their status. Uh, they have a number of options. One they can supply weapons, armor, and military support to the rebels, and let them take it take it to the uh, to the man, you know, take out the government buildings, you know, uh, assault the army bases, send you know, send drones and things like that, just basically uh, start a war. Okay, when people realize that uh, the rebels actually have real support. Uh, they might see a lot of people coming to their cause, and maybe the government might be willing to in start engaging in uh, peace talks. And at least the other, you know, a lot of places in the world are going to be like, "Why is all this military? You know, why is all these rebels and things? Going, what's their issues? What's going on? You know, and try to find out the truth about what's going on in Brazil." Uh, the second possibility is is that. Uh, the uh, IDET with their advanced uh, technology and computers might be able to start hacking to gain access to banks, social networks, and online media, causing disruption and also counter-programming, taking the government's money, especially political money, and putting it into the hands of the rebels uh, could very well you know, help uh, give them the support they need in order to uh, continue the fight on their own. Uh, they could also build their own counter-programming and make it available on the internet on various sites that people could go to. You know, nice slick, you know, uh, uh, you know, presentations and stuff rather than just no, we're not that bad you know, kind of things. Something more slick, something they can stand up against the government-made, uh, you know, studio-produced, yeah. uh, slick pro uh, propaganda pieces that currently are being aired, you know, uh, throughout the entire country. Uh, they also can uh, provide, they could provide materials that could be airdropped by drones. Just, you know, these, these, you know, uh, you know uh, these are the fallacies of the government's position, you know, and all these things like that. You know, uh, you know the, uh, did, did, did you know that uh, all people were, Female until they uh, until almost near birth when the, the, the they express maleness you know <laughs> and some of those some, what are, you know all, all the different you know tacks that we've seen or you know uh, why you know it says why wasn't this a problem fifty years ago or twenty years ago you know what you know what is the government you know why does the government need a scapegoat what's the government doing that is you know you know, why are they villainizing this this relatively minor group of people? You know, or or you know, uh, shouldn't all people receive the same you know justice? You know, under the law, because the law doesn't say this. You know, the church says this. You know, 
and whatever. I mean, I'm just saying they can go that route with counter programming that they can drop to areas that might not have, you know, as without having to tr to do the more scary and difficult things of trying to take over actual uh, broadcast studios and things like that, where they're going to have a lot of, of uh, uh, firewalls and, and, and security in, in, in the way. This is a way of doing end runs around it. Uh, they also, if they have money, they can actually get people who are uh, might have their own grievances against the government and, and get them to ally them into a coalition type of a response rather than just being a small group of people with their own little small agenda that's being stepped on by the government. Uh, they, could, uh, they could introduce some kind of a plague that only the rebels have a cure to. That could happen. Depends on your version of IDET. We know that uh, if you uh, take a, a, a virus or something and you uh, freeze it to below 200 degrees centigrade, the fringe system does not recognize it as a danger and will allow you to transport it to a world. So they could theoretically go to a world where something existed, get some of that, freeze it, bring it back, even without actual official IDET support for this. And just basically say, here's, you know, here's all your inoculations. And if the government won't agree, then uh, I guess uh, I guess there's going to be a lot of people dying, and that's a that's a very uh, you know uh, you know that that's going to really heat things up. But that's their choice. And then of course they could also provide just secure communication gear, which will allow the rebels to co coordinate their efforts better, unite them over long distances. Um, and uh, form a secure network that otherwise the government wouldn't have any way of, of, of hacking or knowing that was going on using modern you know, communication yeah. techniques, encrypted, uh, 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 encrypted uh, shortwave, and other things like that. Uh, these people are living in a late 20th century uh, environment, so you know, they're, uh, they do have computers and all of the, the modern technology that we are familiar with. Yeah. They just, they, they just haven't had, uh, they don't have the advantages of some of the super high tech that's out on the fringe paths that, you know, these, the IDET people would probably have. Uh, the, uh, as far as what uh, IDET can get out of it, uh, it's one of the, it's more along those lines of uh, there might be artifacts on this world, paintings have been lost. Um, uh, movies, uh, radio, uh, recordings by artists who went a different direction. You know, those things are of always of interest back on Earth as counter-Earth type stuff. You know, that, that there's a huge market for it back on Earth Prime. You know, you know the uh, uh, all the the different uh, and of course. Uh, Elvis's second comeback album in 2012. Yeah, El, El, you know, yeah, what, right. El, Elvis as a, as a, an older gentleman. You know, yeah. um, you know the. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying there are lots of stars that died young. You know, James Dean. You know, in uh, in his science fiction saga. You know, uh, uh, rate. You know, uh, uh, racing to the stars. You know, yeah. I mean, there are there are people that would love. You know. We know from from seeing people play these kind of alternate history type stories, you know, in our own science fiction, that there is an interest in this, um, and uh, you know, and of course, gender swapping, uh, all that's possible on a, on a near Earth alternate, um, and this is a fairly, uh, except for the really. Uh, uh, and, and I haven't gone into all the different things that could be on this world. That's really for the GM to develop. But I mean, you know, uh, Brazil has a very strong Catholic tradition, but they're in no way, you know, on our world like that. They're, you know, they, there's not, uh, uh, you know, I mean, Brazil has Rio de Janeiro, and, and that's a very LGBT friendly place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, I'll give it that. Despite, yeah, right. Party but they also the week, are very conservative. Sunday. You know, they're very conservative. And it's just like, you know, it's just on this particular world, uh, something happened to tip it in that direction. Yeah. Uh, and it's, and there could be any number of reasons for it. Uh, it could be uh, an outside threat that causes people to, to take a more conservative, traditional view. 
Uh, it could be that, uh, uh, the, the say, the, that over time, the leadership has gotten more and more conservative. It could be that uh, uh, there are different scriptures uh, on this world which are more specifically against uh, uh, the LGBT community. Uh, and therefore, they have in their world the justification for this behavior. They bring back it a could, Bi- they bring back a Bible, and there's like five extra verses in Leviticus. Wait a minute, who put this in here? Right, yeah, right. And it's it's also possible that there was a revolution in the government, and it's just like we talk about the uh, revolution in uh, in Chile that uh, is the basis for the ASA. Yeah, because you know Chile isn't that way in our world. Uh, and but the point is, is that that's the that's the world that they come into that. And uh, these people are going to, you know, paint themselves as being in desperate need of people who have un, uh, you know, uh, unsecured resources. And uh, the players are going to, you know, the GM's going to have to do his, uh, his or her very best to make these people appear sympathetic. But at the same time. Uh, no, not necessarily noble, but courageous and crusading, uh, and and to galvanize the, uh, you know, whatever social justice sense the players might have to get them to want to actually help them out, because I mean they go could just turn around and say nope, not our fight, and just leave, uh, which I hope they wouldn't do, but they can, and leave poor uh, uh, poor Georgina and uh, her uh, her lover Alexandra. Because of course you know they can't get married. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, uh, to uh, get captured and placed into a re-education camp where they will probably never see the light of day again. Yeah. So, uh, which is ironic because other other than this, she was very conservative. She has far right views. <laughs> it was like, you know, she she basically feels betrayed by her own people that that they were, you know, that, you know, she was like a a, a good proper conservative. And then they said, "Yeah, but you're all wrong." <laughs> it's like, wait, you're not the right kind of conservative. Not yeah, the right yeah, kind the of conservative. The last thing that you hear this poor woman yell, unfortunately, is they're carrying her off. But I voted for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was what baptized. <laughs> I was born again. What are you talking about? Anyways, so that's my adventure. Okay. Uh, let's say uh, basically a little more. Uh, modern, you know, in the area of, of, of social justice and things yeah. like that. But uh, the, uh, and, and and she is working class, so she has that, whole, you know, she, she has the uh, the uh, understanding of the working class. Now, some of the interesting things about the location that this is at, since it is Brazil, is that she's actually uh, fairly close to uh, one of the indigenous tribes. Uh, the Yanomami, yep. The uh, actually is the Kayapo. Okay. Um, and uh, it's you know uh, it's possible that uh, that she could you know get them to uh, and and the and the team could actually get them to throw in uh, on their side as well. That's one of those groups that might feel like they hadn't gotten a fair shake from the government and might want to throw in to get, provide you know, support for them. Oh yeah, and, I I've yeah. had to do some research on you know the tribes like the Yanomami and all that for an old for the Bayswell campaign, and uh-huh. to say that the Yanomami have been screwed over over the decades and all that would be an understatement. So yeah, I would see local Amazon indigenous peoples if the Idet in this adventure could play their cards right because Idet are explorers but they are also diplomats. They would sit there and try to link them together because in in real life the Yanomami, yeah, there's like I think a quarter million of them all together in Brazil and the country due north of them in the Amazon. But many have gone modern, so there are like Yanomami websites and all this saying, yes, this is who we are, this is our culture, we've adapted to the modern life, but we still hold our our indigenous culture dear. The IDIT could hack into all that and help them get to the cause. Because it'd probably be easier than going out in the jungle and dealing with these clans. Because, yeah, going into Yanomami lands and just trying to talk, yeah, the, the, the IDIT would need the guns. Because they're fighting on their own turf. The Yanomami know the area. So, what is it? The, the Kaiopa? What was the, the tribe you said, Bruce? 
Oh, uh, the Kayapo. Uh, Kayapo. Yeah, the Kayapo. K-A-Y-A-P-O. You know, yeah, they got the blow darts. They have the lay of the land. They know all the various herbal poisons, you know, neurotoxins and all that. And I did come up, yeah, we need to talk to the Kayapo. And all of a sudden, all the, and, you know, they drop and they wake up in their camp, you know. So, yeah, maybe the Kayapo, if they did like the Yanomami and went native and have like websites, you know, based on servers in Rio and Manos and all that, they could do right. that route and yeah. say, yeah, let's let's enlist their aid through their modern brethren. So we're not, you know, getting, you know, attacked by a clan with, you know, clubs and bows and arrows tipped with poison stuff. Yeah, right. And, and because this is a modern day, you know, setting, they have satellites, and I mean, this world has satellites and things like that. Yeah. And the IDAT has the ability to hack satellites. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, and and like I said, might be able to provide them with uh, secure communication, um, so that they could make uh, denial of service attacks and all kinds of other types of things uh, that. From by hacking into set communication satellites, and people, you know, the people would have had no idea where that was coming from, or if they did, it's coming from a satellite. Well, that's not going to help us. Yeah, because it, <laughs> it's kind of hard to track after that point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh no, so, no, uh, Phil. You know, various government servers with DDSO DDoS attacks. Yeah. Um, dedicated denial of service. It, Basically, how Live Journal went down because DDoS attacks kept hitting that site years ago. Yeah, um, you just you basically keep trying to connect to it and use up all the IP connections to the point where nobody can get in who's trying to do real business. Yeah, and essentially the it, the, it just paralyzes uh, the, the the communication if they have any distributed resources like your know, servers and networks on other locations. They can't talk to each other. Everything basically comes crashing down. So yeah, and you and the government, you know, and this isn't like in, uh, near a, a government center where this location is. But of course, they could always relocate to that. This is actually a uh, there's a there's very clear, fairly clear to Highway 163, which goes north south through um, uh, the you know through the center of uh, of Brazil, and uh, there's all these communities all along it. And then on either side of that, you know, it goes out to, uh, you know, jungles and uh, protected forests and things like that and farmland and, and everything else until you get further down where there's a lot more um, uh, to, the, to the south where there's a lot more uh, urbanization. This is actually a really good place for a fringe-worthy portal because it literally is in um, a wilderness that is fairly close to a major highway. I assume it's a major highway since it's, you know, like one of the few highways in the area. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely, uh, it's, let's see, it's the state of Pará. It's in the, it's in the uh, middle western side of Pará, the state of Pará, which is part of Brazil. And uh, it's not, you know, it's not near one of the more famous locations you know but like still. sao paulo or rio yeah or Manos. yes yeah, right but it's uh it's definitely you know and and uh and, and for those those who care you know uh it's like the palace that uh tabajo palace hotel is only 35 dollars a night oh wow sounds like a great place to stay doesn't it it's right next to a protected uh forest and uh i'm sure it'd be like a great place to go uh uh bird watching oh yeah so all right, so that's what I got. All right. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. we had to flex our muscles here. We, had, As I said, folks, we hadn't done Iron GM in probably four years when John was still here with us. So it, it was good to do this again. It got that, that certain creative, off-the-cuff piece of gray matter flexed again. So, And I do like that character generator, too. That's a neat idea. Yeah, so uh, for those who wondered, I used a character generator, which was... Uh, called uh, Simple Character Profile Generator. Okay. I mean, you know, we didn't go into it, but we literally had three pages of detail on each of these characters. Oh, yeah. Like I blood mean, type. Li- and blood yeah. type, body Total shape, means. face. My, her face is diamond shape, for example. It tells what kind of, how she ha- has her hair, 
her age, her political beliefs, you know, in, in general. I also used the random object generator, and and then I also used um, a, a random geographic coordinates from random.org, geographic-coordinates. To, and by the way, those were not actual, those, those were de, uh, decimal location and longitude. They weren't the proper kind, and I had to go to another location to turn them into proper. Because when I did try to type them into Google, yeah, it came back and said, I, I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that, like I did. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I was not expecting that. I, yeah. thought it was just, I thought it would give us you know, coordinates that could be easily... It says these coordinates are given in decimal format. If you refer to degrees, minutes, and seconds, you can use the FCC handy conversion tool that I did clicked on. So they give you the link to what you need in order to find it, you know, actually in Google if you don't want to just, I mean, you are in Google, you know, and you can zip in and out and, you know, uh, like this place in Norway was was uh, in northern Norway, and it was very close to uh, well, it was a bunch of all the fjords and stuff, a bunch <laughs> yeah. of small towns. Well, so I don't know what that place was like since you didn't go there. You basically said that's where it kind of, but uh, that's. Uh, I saw trees in the picture, <laughs> and lots of mountains. Lots of mountains, lots of mountains, lots of lots of fjords. Yes. All right. Uh, and of course, if you want to see interesting, uh, lots of stuff with viewers, you can also see the movie uh, called uh, Downsizing. Oh, which I Matt think Damon, is, yeah. Which I think is a highly underrated movie. Some people say they don't like it at all. I think it's highly underrated. It's, it was well, a cool I, I con- heard, Well, from what I saw the trailer, they kind of build it as a comedy and ended up being more of a, I don't know, social commentary or... A yeah, drama, it really, so yeah, it, it really it, wasn't a, a, it really wasn't a comedy. It was it was it was about this poor guy who literally lost everything uh, in order to including him, him most most of himself <laughs> and then had to rebuild his life and uh, it, it was it was interesting how you know the 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 way they did that in the end and and the end of it actually ended up very sweet the uh, he he had an opportunity to uh, uh, become part of the. Uh, uh, the people that would repopulate the planet, uh, but he decided that uh, he was more interested in being with a woman who, t- who actually found needed needed him and found him tolerable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's sounds it's, like my marriage. Well, they're 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 an older couple, and they were more interested in being you know being friends to each other than than the classic you know I I I, I you know I my heart hungers for you kind mm. of story that you see in you know other other types of things like you know the mummy with uh, he <laughs> he and his girlfriend oh, yeah. <laughs> you know or you know. Uh, Indiana Jones and uh, Marion. Yeah, you know, that, yeah. That, was a, that was a rough romance, but it was it was very you know very passionate. So, anyways, but uh, yeah, that's that's the sort of thing that I think would be fun is, is if you came out to a world and you found out that most of the world had actually done that. <laughs> that's an adve- that's an adventure you guys can also do is you know find out the, that the entire place has has downsized and all that's left are these robotic centers. That uh, if you come through the door, they grab you and try to downsize you. Mm-hmm. And you may end up wanting to do it anyways, just to just to just to you know interact with people. Maybe not. Probably not. Probably not. Anyways. So all right. So uh, want to thank everybody for listening to us. Uh, we're going. We will have a more traditional topic for you next week. But you'll have to wait until then. So until then. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.